more and more people are using more and more of the ocean, so the pressures have ramped up. My favorite thing about the ocean is the sound of the waves. I realized I came across more plastic bags than fish. Go to the beach and fly my kite and go on the boardwalk. The more science we do, the bigger this problem appears. Oh, we don't conserve the oceans. It would be really terrible. It'd be super heartbreaking. Unfathomable to me. It keeps us alive. Protecting nature is the best investment we can make. As we finish up our series on humans' impact on our oceans, something we're calling Trashing the High Seas, we take you to the premier ecosystem of the underwater world. Day and night, whales, fish, and other species are singing, using their sounds, grunts, whistles, drumming, echolocation to forage, to find mates, to avoid predators. We don't even know what a lot of these songs are for. But there are hecklers in this venue. The industrial intrusive noises of drilling rigs, boats, explosives. Humans are rude planet-scale hecklers, endangering marine life under the oceans. And to address this, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, released the Ocean Noise Strategy Roadmap, calling for more research on the impact of these sounds, calling for outreach to other governmental, military, and environmental and industry groups. And they are also building a gigantic robot bouncer to kick the noisy humans out of the oceans. Actually, I'm lying about the bouncer, but Michael Jasney, director of the Marine Mammal Protection Project and the Land and Wildlife Program for the National Resources Defense Council, would love to be a bouncer for the oceans. But for now... Sounding the alarm before it's too late, we'll just have to do. The impacts range from suppression of bioirrigation in clams and other invertebrates that lie on the ocean floor to uh, producing hearing loss in fish to reducing eels' ability to respond to predators to silencing whales uh, over vast areas of ocean. It's just uh, a remarkable a range of impacts, and, and indeed all the way to uh, acute injury and death from some sound sources. So what kind of strategy can you use to create a map that will produce policy that can actually make a dent in this ocean noise and possibly turn it around? I think the two main kinds of mitigation that, that need to be done are, one, keeping loud sources of noise out of biologically important habitat. So identifying habitat that is important to protect for a diversity of marine species, and then keeping military training, oil and gas activities, and uh, to the extent possible, you know, rerouting ships uh, around those areas. The second important thing is to reduce the amount of sound that goes into the water. And one way to do this, use technology, often a solution to our environmental ills. Uh, it's also, also very relevant here. Uh, we know, for example, that ships can be significantly quieter than they are today. The estimates I've seen is that it, it ought to be pretty easily doable to reduce noise from ships by something like 90% of what it is today. And there are other technologies on the horizon for oil and gas exploration, 
can significantly reduce noise there. There are technologies available for offshore construction, pile driving to reduce uh, noise from that activity. There's a lot of uh, possibilities out there, but you know we need to have the political will to seize them. And let's talk about uh, the politics for a moment. The federal court has ruled that the U.S. Navy wrongly used sonar that could harm whales and other marine life. It seems like there are already legal precedents for regulating noise. Uh, the U.S. Navy was apparently wrongly granted a permit in 2012 to use its uh, training, testing, and routine operational sonar. Is that good news to you? I suspect it is. Yeah, it is, and it's it's an important decision. What that decision says, among other things, is that where there is uh, scientific uncertainty, you know, you want more data than you have. It, it is better to and the law requires that you err on the side of overprotection rather than underprotection. What we've seen in the past is that the agency has done exactly the opposite, uh, in that instead of taking the standards for management that are in our marine mammal protection law, and that make it the leading statute for marine mammal protection probably on the planet, the agency has too often just issued blank checks to applicants like uh, like the U.S. Navy, like the oil and gas industry. And, and hopefully this decision can help uh, turn things around. Is the government along with this? Is the is, oh, okay. is, I mean, is this a private initiative? Just what's the coalition here trying to make this happen? I mean, you, I know you're at the N- NRDC. One of the most encouraging things to have emerged on this issue uh, in the past couple of years is uh, something called an, an ocean noise strategy. The Obama administration uh, has been developing the strategy over the last uh, few years and, and uh, uh, finally in, in early June released it. And what it says is that the rise in chronic cumulative ocean noise poses a, a real concern for marine species and, and the marine ecosystem, that the government needs to take affirmative progressive steps in coping with the problem and uh, it needs to marshal all of its existing authorities, not only under our marine mammal protection law, our endangered species uh, legislation, but every other authority that it has, national marine sanctuaries, coastal zone management, and uh, bring them together in a concerted effort to uh, really get at this problem of rising cumulative noise in the ocean. It's a great first step. Would you say, finally, that there is a species die out because of noise, that there's a, a particularly devastated part of the ocean that's just so noisy it won't support any sort of life anymore? There have been a number of cases where noise has been having population-level effects, in some cases devastating effects, particular populations, well-studied populations of marine mammals, uh, some beaked whale populations, some dolphin populations as, as well. The scary thing is that you know, the more science we do, the bigger and bigger this problem appears. And uh, you know, we believe it's, it's time that the government take the kind of uh, concerted action that it has uh, proposed to, to rein in a problem that is affecting uh, uh, diversity of marine life and ultimately uh, through impacts on fishing, on tourism, on all the ways in which we interact with the sea will uh, affect us as well. Michael Jasny is director of the Marine Mammal Protection Project for the National Resources Defense Council. Michael, thanks so much. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, John. To stay up to date with our full series on the oceans, head over to thetakeaway.org slash oceans. 
I'm David Remnick, host of the New Yorker Radio Hour. There's nothing like finding a story you can really sink into that lets you tune out the noise and focus on what matters. In print or here on the podcast, The New Yorker brings you thoughtfulness and depth and even humor that you can't find anywhere else. So please join me every week for The New Yorker Radio Hour, wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm.